Information shared on the following program is for general information purposes only. It does not constitute legal, tax, investment, or other advice, nor is it intended to recommend any particular investments, products, or financial instruments. Always seek advice from your financial advisor, attorney, or accountant with regard to investment, legal, or tax questions. Think Halloween is a scary time. Just wait till you see what awaits you around the corner when someone dies. Welcome to the only show in the country dedicated to helping savers worry less about money. The Worry-Free Retirement with your host, nationally recognized retirement specialist and four-time author, Tony Walker. It's been said that the only two things certain in life are death and taxes. And while the vast, vast majority of Americans are required to pay taxes in some form or fashion, there are some who choose not to. Don't believe me? Just ask the guy standing on the street corner asking for money. I don't think he's getting a 1099 from all those handouts nor willing to file a W-2 on his tax return. And it's not just the homeless who don't pay taxes. I've seen in my own practice examples of others who do not pay taxes as well, such as someone currently living with family members who draws Social Security as their only source of income. They, too, can avoid taxes. Just a few examples of people who do not pay taxes. So, yes, there are extreme examples of people not paying taxes, but nowhere in history is there an example of someone avoiding the inevitable, and that's death. No, death, unlike taxes, cannot be avoided. And assuming you're riding down the road listening to this show, that means you're alive. And at least for this very moment, you're not dead. And since you're alive, I must remind you that one day, there is a 100% guarantee that you're not going to be here. And while I may not be able to tell you when it will happen, I can tell you it's going to happen. There is nothing to do to avoid it. So if this event we call death is a 100% certainty, why in the world do people act as if they will never die? Or assume that because maybe they're healthy, they can pretend they can just choose a date down the road when they're going to die. Thus, putting off planning for the inevitable. Now, while I'm not sure if I can explain why people do not plan for an event that is going to happen, I can explain the necessary steps you need to take to get your plans in order before it's too late which is the subject of today's program. Well, welcome, folks, to the Worry-Free Retirement. And yes, I am that little man in the sweater vest, death planning specialist and fiduciary, Tony Walker. And before we talk about what happens when someone dies, let me introduce to you a young lad who, as of the date of this recording, uh, is alive and well, sitting over there ready to uh, help out with the show, is our producer, Mr. Aaron Orander. Good morning, Aaron. And yes, I am glad you are alive and well this morning. Oh, aren't, thank aren't you, sir. You? Good morning. I'm, Do you I'm, echo that thought? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same right back at you. I'm glad you're alive and well. And <laughs> hopefully this airs a couple of days before Halloween. Hopefully we're still sticking around, able to able to listen to it live. Uh, that's right. You never know. And uh, yeah, Halloween's kind of a scary time. And that's why we started off the show with a scream. And not that I've ever seen anybody scream once they find out what a mess sometimes people have left them in after they die. Believe me, internally, they sometimes are going, what in the world was this person thinking? And folks, that's what we want you to avoid. You know, this subject we're going to talk about, what happens when somebody dies, 
is what we call in the business estate planning. And that's just a fancy way of saying that you need some way to plan for what happens to your estate. Your estate is defined as those things which you own. And more importantly, how easy, listen, how easy it's going to be, how simple it's going to be for your loved ones to settle your estate. How, how many hassles are they going to have to go through? How many hoops are they going to have to jump through? And Aaron, what I've learned in doing this for over 37 years, and of course, we have a large practice of people who are retired, which means, unfortunately, we have to deal with what we call a lot of death claims, is that many people are ill-prepared for death. I wonder why that is. I wonder why, in fact, we'll talk about this in a minute. The studies show how few people really take uh, take pains to get things planned out before they die. Why do you think that is? They just don't want to think about it. People you think just, it's just the whole people topic? Just, people don't want to think about it. There's a lot of ways that we could leave this earth and some aren't as pleasant as others. And I, I think it's just something that people want to just mentally stick their head in the sand and hope it passes them. And everybody, everybody hopes they, you know, fall asleep and don't wake up. You know, that's just, that's just what it seems to be. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. I think you're right. I think it's this topic. Number one, money's tough enough to talk about. Um, in the office the other day, I had two daughters of a mother and it was interesting. That's what they were talking about. The mother is aging. They were talking about what happens to everything. When And the, the mother was very frank. And it was a great meeting. But I noticed the son was not there. And the father, her husband, was not there. And they basically, it was interesting, both males basically said, you all just take care of it. So they were very at peace about trusting them. And uh, it was a very productive, I mean, very productive conversation. And I think the reason it was so productive is what you're saying, Aaron. This young lady who was in her 80s and her daughters were not afraid to talk about dying. They were just this very frank conversation. Here's what I want to happen. Here's this. Here's that. Uh, we'll be talking about something, a tool we give our clients called the last day planner. Um, I reminded them, yeah, to, you know, put things in writing, make sure you have everything orderly. But I think the first step was to acknowledge, number one, you are going to die. Number two, mo- for the most part, you can't... Uh, plan out your death. So why not plan out your family's money that they're going to receive when you die? In fact, Aaron, I was looking over, let's see, I've got several surveys here. It, it depends on what survey you look at, but take a, take a guess if you would. I'm talking about people who are my age. I'm in my sixties or older. The percentage of people you think do not have a will. What percentage would you think that would be? Would you think it'd be low or high? Oh, I mean, just initially your age, I think, I, okay. Initially I think it would be low. Okay. I think people your age probably have started to think about it more and more. Uh, I, you want a number? I, I'd yeah. say 40%, 40%. That's pretty good. Anywhere from 40 to 60% of people do okay. not have any type of will, or here's the t- statistics. I'd say they're not covering in these surveys. Many people who say they have a will, because I talked to a lot of these people, the wills are outdated. Does that make sense? Yes. So yeah, they think everything's fine because they quote, have a will, a last will and testament. But here's some examples of an outdated will. Uh, They've moved to another state. The the will that was drafted is another state. The laws may be different. That's an example of an outdated will. Uh, This is unfortunate. This happens some, but they've lost a child. So what happens is if this adult couple, let's say, has lost a child, well, they probably haven't updated all the beneficiaries or who gets what. So it's like, okay, well, the share that you had going to the now deceased child, 
you haven't addressed that. It's still going to a deceased child. See the problems? Yeah. What about um, divorce? Would yeah, divorce divor- affect ooh, it? Real good. Okay. Yes. I have, there's a story I studied under a well-known CPA and author, Ed Slott. And he tells the story of a gentleman who had a very large uh, pension plan that was going to be passed by beneficiary. We'll get into this in a minute in terms of what's the difference between a will, trust, and a beneficiary. But anyway, so he had this large pension. He was married, okay, and he had as his spouse the beneficiary. So when he dies, she's going to get it. I think it was a million bucks or something. It's a lot of money. Well, they divorced. You with me so far? Okay, with you so far. Goes to an attorney, remarries, changes his will to reflect that the money, his estate, will go to the new spouse. That, that's logical. More, more than likely, probably The new that. spouse. So the he is spouse. remarried. Yes. Okay. What somebody didn't remind him of or tell him of or think about, I don't know what happened on this deal. It's a true story. The pension does not pass through the will. It goes through what's called a beneficiary designation. That Folks, listen to this really carefully because this is really important. So the beneficiary designation, you have a beneficiary usually on your life insurance that passes by beneficiary. An annuity passes by beneficiary. A 401k, listen closely, a 401k passes by beneficiary. And yes, a lump sum pension passes by beneficiary. So if you think you can change your will and change the beneficiary, you are incorrect. And that's what this gentleman found out, or he didn't find out, he was dead. His new wife, who thought she was getting the pension, got zilcho because he forgot to change the beneficiary of the pension to her. Wow. So the former wife, thinking she's not going to get anything, presto whammo, she gets $1 million. So folks, this is a huge deal. So when I come back, we're going to talk about the planning opportunities, but we're going to start off and define what some of these words surrounding estate planning that so many of us in the financial world and the legal world just kind of flippantly toss out there. What do these words really mean? And what is the key to a worry-free retirement when it comes to planning, not only your retirement, but what happens to your stuff when, not if, when you die? Good stuff coming your way. I'm Tony Walker. You're listening to the Worry-Free Retirement. I'll be right back. Have you recently retired, been laid off, or offered a pension buyout? Has the company you work for moved, been acquired, or closed its doors forever? And finally, do you have a 401k with a previous employer you'd like to move to safer territory? Then take advantage of this opportunity to move your 401k or lump sum pension to Tony Walker Financial. Let's meet in person to discuss your retirement options. Log on now to TonyWalkerFinancial.com to schedule your free, no-obligation appointment. Let us help you today. Welcome back to the Worry-Free Retirement. Tony Walker here, and we're talking about what happens when somebody dies. And as you're going to find out in a minute, uh, Tony Walker Financial is well-equipped to help our clients. As long as I've been doing this and as many thousands of people as I've met, I've learned that uh, you you have to be prepared. You have to plan. It's scary to enter something that is inevitable to happen without a plan. Incidentally, Aaron, have you ever had anything scary, we'll call it scary in your life that you realized you ran smack dab into and had you planned would have probably not been that big of a deal, or at least you wouldn't have been as frightened by the endeavor. Oh, I don't know. Probably just uh, 
well, I'm always afraid I'm going to run late. I'm <laughs> always the one that I set probably three alarms in the morning and the first one goes off probably 45 I, minutes before noticed, I need to actually wake up. Because I've noticed just, you're never late here. Yeah, I'm, you're, I'm always afraid I'm going to run late, whether it's like church or work or where, wherever I'm going. I'm just always afraid I'm going to run late. So you prepare. You just said that. So one of your ways you prepare, acknowledging you could be late because you can't plan for every contingency. You have alarms. You probably leave a little early, right? Yeah, okay. I leave a little early. Yeah. So I that's, try to. Yeah. yeah. I, I think uh, I remember back in college, and I can't remember the class because we were talking about this, things that scared me. I never will forget. I showed up at a class, and it was a, it was a major uh, test that they announced, and I forgot they were having it that day. I hadn't studied. I mean, Ooh, that was, and I don't there. know that it was scary. And I knew that I was ill prepared. And of course, I did poorly on the test, which, so that's the point, folks. You have to prepare yourself for the inevitable. If you're just now joining us, we are reminding us that there's only really one thing certain in life, not taxes. You can avoid taxes or you could go to jail. I mean, you can, if you don't want to pay taxes, they'll put you in jail and you don't pay taxes, but I don't want to do that. So the only thing that is inevitable that will happen is you and I one day are going to die. So if this whole death thing is so certain, why in the world wouldn't we want to prepare for it? Aaron, I know in the break we were talking, one of the reasons I think is people just don't like talking about money. It's a very sensitive topic. What, what was the other thing we thought about at the break, why people don't want to talk about this stuff? Well, you know, a perfect example, Tony, in the first segment, you were talking about the difference between a will and a beneficiary form. Now, I'll be honest, had I never met you, had I never worked with you, I probably would have never known the difference between the two of those things. So I'm thinking about it and it's like, you know, I think one of the reasons people don't like to talk about it is because it's a complicated matter. There's a lot, there's a lot of paperwork, you know, <laughs> when, when you're dead and gone, you're, that's it, you're dead and gone, but everybody you leave behind, they've, they've got a lot to do. And I won't, you know, I don't, I don't want to get too far in the weeds here, but I've got a family member. I won't say who, but uh, long story made short, her husband passed away and she started getting all these phone calls from all these companies saying, well, your husband had stock in this company and what would you like to do with the stock now that he's passed? And she had no idea. Hmm. She had no idea about these stocks. And it wasn't necessarily that he kept it from her. It was just, you know, he might throw a couple dollars here, a couple dollars there, whatever. And then before you know it, he's got four or five different stock stock holding companies <laughs> and they're all calling this, you know, particular family member of mine after her husband passed and they're like, well, what do you want to do with this stuff? And she's like, I didn't even know he had that stuff. <laughs> so it's just, it just yeah. seems like a very complicated matter. I, I agree. So you got money in the mixture. We haven't even talked about the emotional aspects and the contingencies and the problems that could exist with families when you mix family and money. And as Aaron said, it can be very, very complicated because in most cases you're dealing with legal issues. So first of all, for just, I want to take a few minutes. This is important. I usually don't spend so much time on definitions, but let's, I've kind of, and I'm going to have my cheat notes here because there's different definitions for these words, but these are the definitions according to Tony. All right. So first of all, let's define a will, a will that you would go have drafted or draft yourself. So I've got here, Aaron, a will is something that is in writing, expressing what you wish to happen to your stuff when you die. It's a covenant. It's a promise. In other words, you're pinning down there what you want to happen when you die. So let's say if I grabbed the will of a loved one and I saw that, unless they changed it, they're promising to leave me so-and-so, right? right? I mean, it's there. It's a right. covenant. Oh, you know one of my favorite movies? You're not going to believe this. It's not Forrest Gump. I know I talk about Forrest I was going to say, I th Forrest Gump <laughs> seems to be uh, that and We Were Soldiers. I'd oh, say we those, are, those are in your top three right there. <laughs> 
but is Gran Torino. Have you Gran seen that Torino, movie? Gran Torino, yes, I have seen that. Great oh, Clint Eastwood man. movie. So Walt Kowitzki or something like that. So Clint Eastwood plays this guy, Walt Kowitzki. Uh, he's kind of a gruff old man, and he's he's lost his wife. He's got cancer. He's not telling anybody about it. His family is kind of, you know, kind of wanting him to move on. They're not showing him a lot of love. He's got this Vietnamese family next door that he really doesn't care for. Well, he ends up befriending this little young man, teenager named Tao, and he gets to know Tao, and Tao's just this gracious young man. And so eventually, Walt dies. Okay, right? Remember that scene? Right. So they read the will of Walt at the funeral. Well, all along, Walt, his prized possession is this 72 Grand Torino that he actually helped build on the floor of the plant there in Michigan. So it's got all the family members sitting around, and everybody thinks the granddaughter's going to get it. She's kind of a little snobby thing. Right. And there she's all waiting, and there's Tao sitting over in the corner. He has no idea if he's going to get it. Well, guess who gets the Grand Torino? Tao. Right. Tao. Tao. So... That was in writing. Yeah, I guess it could be contested, but no, Tao got it. He promised it through the will. So that is a will. It's something in writing. Now, by the way, in the state of Kentucky, I wouldn't do this, but apparently attorneys have told me by law that the law of Kentucky recognizes a handwritten will. So if you're on your deathbed and you're coherent, you could handwrite, I'll leave everything to so-and-so. So, and so, so and I just need to David. get you to write me <laughs> in your, okay. All right. Thanks for the heads up. Appreciate and Derek's sitting here. Derek, if he offers me any strange drink, remind me not to drink it. And then gives me a pen at the same time. <laughs> hey, Derek's the one who gave you the coffee that, uh, oh, you know. Almost killed so, me. Yeah. Yeah, wait a minute. Yeah, now, this wait is a all... minute now. What's going on here? And you're here? the one that said I should hire Derek. This is getting more and more fishy. Yeah, we got a plan. Derek's going to get written in the will, and then we're going to split it, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's a will. What's a testament? Now, a testament, so it's the last will and testament. Testament literally means proof of something. So this document or testament is a proof or a conviction that I want this going to a certain person. Uh, generally, wills have to be notarized because it's a testament, and the notary, which we're notaries here at the office, but it's saying, no, I saw that person sign that. I can attest to the fact that Tony Walker does not want to leave Derek or Aaron anything. Did you hear that part? Do not. Okay. 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 Anyway. We'll cut that out of the show, but sure, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> the next word is probate. Okay, now this is a biggie. This is the one everybody, ooh, probate. I want to avoid probate. Well, let's read what probate is because it's very, very misunderstood. Basically, probate is a court-supervised procedure gathering all the documents and assets upon the death of someone and basically lays out the ultimate distribution to the heirs. So it's, uh, yeah, it can be a little bit of a hassle, delayed, um, it's not something you really want to go through, but let's say if I die without a will, it would go through probate because I die in test state. So the courts, and there's even statutes that lay out who gets what, but again, I don't think you should want to go through probate. There's ways to avoid it. We'll talk about that in a minute, but it's not a huge, terrible deal all the time. Okay. Which leads to our next point, a trust. What is a trust? A lot of people rush out and get trust, but a trust is a legal document that allows someone to watch over and serve as the trustee of assets or property. So let me give you an idea of what a trust is, Aaron. Okay, years ago, we've got three children that are now grown, but years ago they used to be at home when they were younger, and at that time we had four dogs, okay? So when me and Susan wanted to go somewhere, we would have to have a house sitter. We really didn't have family member that would come in and watch them, so we'd have a house sitter. We had a young lady that was great. The first time she came over, you know, Susan's all nervous. 
by the way, not about how the kids are going to be taken care of. What do you think Susan's worried She's about? She's worried about how well the dogs are going to be there taken care of. And I never will forget. So the, uh, her name was Maggie. Maggie comes over and Susan says, okay, Maggie. Of course, you know, we got Philip, Lacey, and Anthony, blah, blah, blah. They need to be here. It took about two minutes to describe. <laughs> yeah, they're fine. They're fine. Okay. Then all of a sudden, I noticed she had all these sheets of paper. It looks like the Dead Sea Scrolls rolling out. <laughs> now for the dogs, you know, Darla and Hershey and Holly and Gator, here's what they all need. Well, they all needed different things. And like Maggie's rolling her eyes and trying to take notes. The point was, Susan is what's called the grantor. She was the owner granting the privilege to Maggie to be the trustee. Does that make sense? Okay. She's trusting Maggie, but have hand paper here I'm shaking. She had instructions as to what to do. So a trust is a legal document written down telling someone what they're supposed to do with this property. Now let's go to the next thing. These are really popular. And again, folks, this like any show, when you're listening to anybody, even yours truly, I don't care if it's a financial entertainer, a know-it-all on the radio or TV. Remember, there is no one-size-fits-all. So what I'm about to tell you, it doesn't mean it's good or bad. I'm just telling you that there's some potential problems with something that people rush out and get. They want to avoid probate, Aaron, right? Okay, they think probate's awful. So they purchase something called a living trust, all right? Living trusts have a utility. They can be very helpful, but they could also be a problem. Why? Because you're now introducing a brand new legal document. Think about this, folks that you may or may not necessarily need to have. Let me say this. First of all, living trusts do not, in 99% of the cases, save anything on taxes. Nil. All a living trust is trying to do is avoid probate and make things easier for family. And on the surface, that sounds wonderful. But remember, there is a cost. Oh, uh, by the way, again, not that I would say don't do it, do it. I'm not saying that. But for a good read on this subject, there's a book, Aaron. I hate to cuss on the air, but this is what the book's called. It's by John Huggard, who's a pretty well-known attorney. He's been around a long time, called Living Trust, Living Hell. Why do you think he put that title in there? What did he mean by that, you think? Because I'm sure that's what it feels like going through it. That's I right. Guess. <laughs> yeah, these, what he means is these living trusts, which are supposed to make things so simple, can create a living hell for your family who's trying to clean up the mess after you die. So here's the point, folks. If you're sitting there right now and you're saying, Tony... You know, you, you are motivating me, brother, to really think about this. I admit, you know, I, okay, I admit I'm going to die, but I also admit I have not thought about who's going to get what when I die. I've not thought about how to keep things simple. I'm confused over which legal documents I might want to consider. Uh, I, know, I realize, Tony, you're not an attorney, but you've also been doing uh, planning for a long time. So here's what I would suggest you do. That's you. If you would like to sit down or just talk by phone with somebody that you can trust that understands this world of planning very well, then all you got to do is log on to TonyWalkerFinancial.com, TonyWalkerFinancial.com. Just click on the Let's Get Started and just say, I want to talk to Tony about estate planning, or I want to talk to Tony about my beneficiaries, or I need to talk to Tony about how much I should leave my kids. Whatever it is that's on your mind about what happens to your stuff when you're dead and gone, just do that. TonyWalkerFinancial.com. Click on the Let's Get Started, or if you're not handy to the internet, just give us a call, 877 877- 499-9255. That's 877-499-WALK. Okay, when we come back, I'm going to talk about a document. This document is free of charge on the website, and it will get you started on the road to not only a worry-free retirement, but thinking through your mind's eye, how do you want to lay this stuff out now rather than later? Tony Walker here. You're listening to the Worry-Free Retirement. We'll be right back. 
Who can you trust? It's one of the most important decisions you'll have to make. Question is, are you ready? Well, we're here to help at Tony Walker Financial. You know, we care more about you than we do your money, and we have over 2,000 happy clients and an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau to prove it. Rolling over a 401k, confused about Social Security, maybe you're afraid of running out of money. Learn how to use and enjoy and protect your hard-earned money. Log on now to TonyWalkerFinancial.com and let's get started. With the stock market at all-time highs and our nation's debt through the roof, there's a lot of uncertainty out there. Now may be the best time to safeguard more of your 401k. Let's get started today by logging on to TonyWalkerFinancial.com. Welcome back to the Worry-Free Retirement. Before we get started, Aaron, if you would, uh, I know I've had people say before, how can I listen to previous episodes of the Worry-Free Retirement? Tell them how they can make that happen. Sure, no problem. Folks, all you gotta do is go to soundcloud.com, soundcloud.com. And right there at the very top, there's a search bar. Just type in the Worry-Free Retirement. Click search and you're gonna see our awesome bobblehead. Just click on that and you're gonna find all past episodes. Thank you, Aaron. Uh, you know, folks, in doing this for over 37 years, meeting with over 15,000 people, uh, including Aaron and Derek, I've got, uh, what is it, 15, 16 employees. I lose track. Nevertheless, one of the things I've learned over the years is planning is essential. You have to have a plan and you have to have evidence and experience that the people you're going to trust your money to understand the planning process, not just while you're alive, not just through retirement, but what happens after you die. So to help us with that, in our Bowling Green offices via Zoom today. I'm gonna to turn it over uh, to a person that helps us assist our clients and those who pass away so that their loved ones can have the least amount of hassle in getting their money to them. And we're gonna talk right now to Mandy Houchins. Good morning, Mandy. Good morning, Tony. Well, thank you for joining us. So first question, currently how many surviving clients are we assisting in what we refer to as the death claim process at Tony Walker Financial? I currently have about seven at this current time. And from the time we are notified of a death, Mandy, how long does it normally take for the heirs or the beneficiaries to receive the proceeds from the deceased client's accounts that we manage? Depending on the type of account, Tony, um, it, it can vary. But normally, um, from the time that they have their appointment in our office and we complete the paperwork, it's usually one to two weeks. And you've been doing this quite some time, so I know you're learning a lot of things that go on within this process, but are there any problems or trends you see with clients who come to us for assistance during these difficult times? I think the most problem, um, problemsome area that I see is when clients have accounts with different firms or different institutions. Um, it seems to be more overwhelming for their families to know how to process all of that paperwork which is, I think, the big reason why, Tony, you always suggest having everything under one roof. Well, that's a good place to end it and great advice, Mandy. And of course, we appreciate all you do for our clients and the hard work and services we offer there. So thank you so much for being a part of the team. Thank you, Tony. You're welcome. All right. So folks, you may be sitting there going, boy, Tony, this is some great stuff. Is there anything you can do to help me think through in my mind about what are the next steps and what's going to really be needed to plan out my state now rather than, you know, waiting around for the inevitable and leaving a mess on everybody else's hands. 
There is a tool we created years ago. Aaron, you've seen this, haven't you? Called the Last Day Planner. You know yes. what I'm, okay. Folks, <laughs> this is free of charge. Let me say this. And by the way, if you ever go to the website and download things, now we'll say this, when you download something from Tony Walker Financial, Dot com. Yes, you're going to get emails from us. You can unsubscribe. We will not call you nor bug you. Okay, so don't worry about that. And we do not release that information to outsiders from Tony Walker Financial like a lot of people do. We keep that confidential. Okay, it's called the Last Day Planner. So how do you get this? You go to TonyWalkerFinancial.com. In that search bar at the top, type in Downloads. And you're going to scroll until you see the Last Day Planner. Folks, Download that. Print that out. Sit down soon. Don't put it off. If you're married, sit down with your spouse. Do the best you can and fill that out. See somebody like us. Get with an attorney. Just do it now. Stop putting off the inevitable. Get that that last day planner. I assure you, if you start working through that, it'll be liberating because you're like, okay, now I'm getting things in writing. I'm not leaving things to chance. I'm going to get a plan. And then if we can help in any way, we'd be happy to. All you got to do to get our help and assistance Log on to TonyWalkerFinancial.com, click on that Let's Get Started button, or simply give us a call 24-7. We do have a 24-hour answering service. That number, 877-499-9255. That's 877-499-WALK. Well, we hope you've enjoyed today's program. You remember, though, between now and next week, if all else fails, you be worry-free. Make it a good one.